You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is presented by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, Owens Corning, and the Angie app. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for one thing and one thing only. What's that, Leslie? Uh, home improvement fun? Yeah, that's true. Home improvement fun. Home improvement, I think of it as home improvement adventure. Because... You know, you start your adventures with a good plan, but it doesn't always work out exactly like you thought it would, but that's not always bad either. So if you are in the midst of a home improvement adventure of your own and you need some help, we could be your adventure guides, your coaches, your counselors, your therapist, if that's necessary, and sometimes it is. We would love to help you get your projects done. But help yourself first by reaching out to us with your home improvement questions. The number here, one eight 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 money pit or post your questions to moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, now that fall is well underway, you might be thinking it's a bit late to start planning some ways to make your home more efficient and comfortable, but the Department of Energy says it's not and recommends three simple steps to make a big difference and prep your house for the coming chilly season ahead. We'll share those tips in just a bit. And fall is the perfect time to beef up your insulation. But if you'd also like your home to be more sound and fire resistant at the same time, there's a new insulation product that offers all these benefits and more. We're going to share those details just ahead. And with the chilly weather setting in, do you have one room in your house that just never seems to get warm? Well, infrared space heating might be the solution. We're going to tell you how to shop for a heater that can supplement your whole home heat and reduce your overall utility expense. All right. But first, what are you guys working on? Tell us. We want to hear all about all of your autumn projects that are going on at your money pit. Are you getting ready for guests that are coming for the big holiday season now that we're all really gathering? Maybe your home is just on display for the first time in a while, or perhaps you're getting the outside all buttoned up for that winter weather. Well, whatever it is, give us a call so we can lend a hand. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT-888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? George in Texas is on the line with the driveway question. What can we do for you today? Well, I uh, was wondering about some uh, fairly big cracks in my concrete driveway. Anything to do with that? So are these new cracks, George, or uh, have they been there for a while? Uh, Yeah, they've been there for a while. The concrete's probably 40 years old. Okay. How wide are the cracks? How far open are they? Maybe a half inch. Two things. Um, number one, you can repair these, and QuickCrete makes a number of products that, that can help. Um, but one thing that you want to do is, because the cracks are so wide, is you're going to have to insert what's called a backer rod in there first, which is like a very small foam tube. 
and you press that down until it's about a half inch below the surface or maybe three-eighths of an inch below the surface. And then you can use a flowable urethane caulk on top of that. And and the reason you're putting the backer rod in there so so that you don't lose a lot of the of the joint sealing material down all the way down to the ground. And once you do this, and if you do it right, then that seal will expand and contract and it won't crack again. Okay, so you, you stuff the crack with a backer rod and then you repair it with a urethane sealant. Okay, what is it I'm putting first in the crack? It's called a backer rod. It's like a, a foam tube. Oh, okay. It's like a styrofoam tube. And it comes in different, different diameters gap. just to fill the gap. I see, okay. And then all the smaller ones just don't do that. Put the, the second item in there. And then you apply the flowable urethane, okay? And that ought to do it. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Donna in Georgia's on the line is having an issue with a phone line. What's going on? Oh boy, am I ever. I'm hoping this won't turn into more of my money pit. We're moved, we've moved recently into a new home. We have four phones. They all work. We've tested them at other people's houses. Two of them work. One will ring, one won't. They both have dial tones. The other two phones don't work unless we pick up the main phones, the first two that work. If they work, then you can pick up the other one and talk. But if I hang this one up, the other ones are cut off. We've talked to people. The phone company says their lines are fine. We know our phones work because they work at other people's houses out of town. What the heck is going on? We're afraid we're going to have this huge in-wall rewiring problem. So these phones, uh, this is a traditional copper-wired system that you're using they're not they're not um it should be traditional copper wired um the phone company when they opened up the wall plugs they were all over the place some of them were never even connected but of those that were connected he said all phones should work either way they're wired but they had to flip the wiring to get the two that are working to work but it's traditional in the in the wall um copper wiring and these phones that you have they're older phones or they're newer phones where did they come from yeah they're older phones. We've had them for years that work just fine. And like I said, two of them are working. And we brought the other two that weren't working to our friends, and they worked fine at her house. So it's not the phone. Yeah. What if you switched positions in the house with the phones? Does that change anything? We've put. We've tried all the phones in different locations in the house, and um, it doesn't. It doesn't change. The only time the other ones will work is if they're plugged into just this. These two lines that work. The other lines, all of the phone plugs in the house don't work for any are of these, them. Are these um, typical, like, you know, are these handset phones or are they phones that hang on the wall? Um, these are handset. Some of them you can hook them on a wall if you want to, but they're um, regular handset. So you know what I would do? Uh, here's what I would do. Um, I would go out and I would buy four phones, four brand-new phones, and because you could take them back, right? And I would plug four brand new, like decent quality phones into these jacks and see what happens. If they all work, it's the phones. Okay. If they don't work, it's the wiring and you'll know what you have to do. My biggest problem with the new phones is they're all so digital and um, you have to go through layers of programming to do, you know, my identifying my pre-programmed push buttons. Right now I just have to push one button and, the, and I've got the name next to it and I'm not real tech savvy and I don't like to have to go through a bunch of computer crap just to be able to find 
the buttons for the people. I don't like the new phones. I'd really like to find some good old-fashioned ones. You know, I feel your pain in all the programming, but I'm not <laughs> telling you to get anything anything more complicated than a very, very basic phone. I mean, you can get... There's a phone that uh, was po- made popular by AT&T called a Trimline phone. It's really common. You know, the buttons are in the handset, and you have the base. You plug it in with one wire. They're about 10 bucks a piece on Amazon, I'm sure. Probably even have free shipping. So I, I would pick up some very basic, reliable phones like that, plug them in, and see what happens. If, Like I said, if the phones work, then you know it's the wiring. If they don't work or they work the same way that your older phones work, then you know, then you know where you're at. Could it be split wires in the house where they took a single wire and split it or took two wires and connected them? I've heard possibilities like that so that they're operating. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Line. But here's the thing. Do you want to spend $250 to have an electrician trace all this down? Or do you want to spend 40 bucks on four basic phones? And then when, it, when the basic phones work the same as the old phones, you can call the phone company back and say, hey, you fix it, you know, and mm-hmm. be done with it. So... Yeah, it could be all those things, but I think you're wasting a lot of energy trying to figure out or diagnose this when there's a really simple solution. Get some different phones, plug them in, see what happens, and then you'll I'll know what to do. I'll try to find those online. That's a good idea because we can't yeah. find them in you know any of the big stores. They're they're they're, um, they're on, they're on Amazon. I mean, you know, you can buy yeah. them on Amazon. If you have Amazon okay. Prime, the, the shipping's free. Okay. Yeah, we'll try that. Thank you. All right, so look much. for the trim line. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's I will. Trim I wrote line it down. corded phone. All right, thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. I guess it's a good thing she actually was able to call us. Right. I'm like, <laughs> how did she call us then? Yeah. Did you know that Americans take twenty thousand breaths a day and spend an average of ninety percent of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to AIRDOCTORPRO.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AIRDOCTORPRO.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Kevin in North Dakota is on the line. How can we help you? Yes, I have a problem in the basement. Uh, I had some people come out. Uh, I had a a drain in the basement that backs up. It comes from the sink and the laundry, and uh, they found clay when they went into the line. And uh, they said that uh, I have to bust up the uh, tile and, and the concrete and, and get to that pipe. Is that the only option? The drain that you're trying to get to is for a, the laundry and the sink. What actually is draining into that pipe? Both the uh, laundry, uh, the, the, the uh, washer, and the upstairs sink. Okay. Where does the uh, rest of the waste from the house plumbing system drain out? In particular, is there another drain pipe there, even if it's up higher? Yes. So another solution might be what's called a lift pump. And this is, it can look like a small bucket or it can be actually installed on the floor. 
but it's a bucket that, or, or like, bucket, it's like a, it's like a circular container about the size of a large bucket, like about the size of a five gallon bucket that inside of which it's all sealed. The water drains there and then it's float activated, just like the float on a toilet, right? And once it gets filled to a certain level, this float comes on and it takes the water and it pumps it up against gravity high enough so that it can gravity then feed into the main drain pipe. That's a better option because it sounds to me like this pipe that's going out underground and getting clogged through the clay is probably a gray water line that's discharging somewhere, but it may not be the, the main waste line. So if you were to use a lift pump in as an alternative, you would, you'd be able to completely eliminate that, run uh, both the laundry, the, the, the washer and that sink from upstairs into the same lift pump and then just drain it into the main waste vent and you'll have a lot less maintenance to deal with over the years. That'd be great. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that fall is underway, you might be thinking it's a bit late to start thinking about making your home more efficient and comfortable, but the Department of Energy says it's not too late and recommends three simple steps that'll make a big difference and prepare your house for the coming season ahead. Now, first up, think about getting a home energy assessment that this will show you if your home is losing energy. It looks at windows, it looks at insulation and leaks because these can all lead to losing cool air in the summer and hot air in the winter. Now, a home energy assessment, it's done by a pro. It's a generally somebody who goes into great detail to assess your home's energy use. The assessor is going to do a room-by-room -room examination of the house, as well as an examination of past utility bills. And the cool thing is when they're done, they can give you very specific recommendations for improvements that, and this is important, give you the quickest return on investments. You're not guessing as to which projects you should tackle. You know, if you add insulation, you'll get the return investment at this point in time, windows, doors, and so on. So it's really good information to have. Next, you want to try and find and seal all of those air leaks because dealing with these now is going to mean that you don't have to deal with them when those cold drafts are actually coming in full force in the winter months. So check door and window frames. You want to check the outlets and switches on exterior walls and even check for gaps around pipes and wires, foundation seals, mail slots. All of these spaces contribute to the drafts that will make you feel uncomfortable in the winter and sealing them now really is a simple, easy DIY project. So definitely something worth tackling. Now, last, be sure to service your heating system to make sure it's not only efficient, but safe for the deep freeze ahead. It's got to be done every fall. So if yours is not done, do it now. Lisa in Michigan's on the line with a window question. What's going on at your money pit? So what I wanted to do is I wanted to put shutters on the house, but I'm not sure which color or which style. Okay. But the only way to, to fasten the shutters is to drill into the siding. Oh, interesting. So I don't really okay. want to do that because if it doesn't work out, then I have holes <laughs> Got holes in your siding, yeah. That's a good question. Hmm, Got to get creative on this. Well, let's, let me ask you this. If you put the shutters up, are they all going to be about the same size? Yes. Well, then I don't think it really matters because the... The, 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 you could, you could make sure that the drill pattern is the same no matter what's, what style sh a shutter you put up. But I may find out that shutters don't work at all. Now, Lisa, do you have any friends who are good at Photoshop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just didn't know if there were any, if there were any fasteners that locked into the, to the siding. You know, there is a, there are types of fasteners that are designed to, uh, snap into vinyl siding without causing damage. And they're often used by electricians or cable TV, um, installers. And they're actually called siding clips. 
And um, basically, they're designed to kind of hold a wire and then clip under the siding so you don't have to actually pierce the siding. You may be able to find those and uh and you know install some of those clips and then try to figure out a way to hang the shutter to the clip at least temporarily so you can you know have an idea as to whether or not it looks good and and you're happy with it before making making that commitment so look for those um vinyl siding hanging um sliding clips they're called and maybe that will get you where you want to go or as leslie said best bet learn photoshop Tom in Ohio is on the line and has a question about a basement. What's going on in your money pit? I have a basement with uh, some cracking issues. The house was built in 2000, and the floor is cracking in numerous places. They're not wide cracks. Some of them, they're, none of them are greater than a quarter. Uh, usually, they're usually about an eighth. And I've also got a poor basement wall, and I've got a couple of seams. That when it rains really hard, I've got a little bit of water seepage. Nothing puddling on the floor, per se, but just on two spots in the whole entire basement. You know, and I'm just wondering if that's these new epoxies where you can inject it into these, you know, these walls for the leaks, if those things are something that would work for my situation. And as far as the cracks in the basement, I don't think they're structural, but it's settling, I think. But anyway, I'm just wondering uh, if you guys have any kind of uh, suggestions on that. Absolutely, we can fix both of those issues for you. So first of all, let's talk about the basement floor. The basement floor, you mentioned it may be settlement. It might just be a poor installation. If it wasn't reinforced, uh, if the concrete you know, wasn't mixed right, there's all sorts of reasons it could get cracking. But the floor itself is not structural, so that's really just to be a, a separator between you and the soil below. So for those cracks, you certainly could seal them with like an epoxy crack sealant that you can find in any home center. Quick Crete makes a bunch of products for that that will work well. In terms of the basement leakage, the leakage through the wall, the fact that this is happening when you have a bad rainstorm is indicative of the cause. The cause of this is a drainage situation right outside those walls. So it's going to be one of two things, or it could be both of these things. One of which is if your gutters are overflowing, if they're insufficient and not handling, you don't have enough leaders to handle the runoff, or if the leaders, the spouts, are not discharging far enough away from the wall. Anything that collects water or keeps water close to the foundation allows it to build up in that first four to six foot area between the house uh, and uh, the yard, that's going to lead to a leak in your walls. It could even push down around the walls and show up coming up through the floors. It is not caused by a water table. It's simply a drainage issue caused uh, by this heavy rain. So to that, you want to look at those areas. Look for the gutters that are overflowing. Look for the downspouts that are not extended. You want them to be at least four to six feet out from the house. Uh, and those two things will solve that. Gutters and grading, leading cause of almost all wet basement problems. A lot of folks blame rising water tables and things like this and, and look towards expensive solutions like sump pumps, virtually never needed. You just need to fix the gutters and the grading. And then if you want to seal the cracks as a last step, that's fine. But remember, Tom, it's the last step. It's not the first step. You can't you know, seal every crack in the wall and expect to hold back the tide. You got to stop the water from getting there by fixing up the drainage first. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. 
Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Audrey in South Dakota, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? All right. Um, I was listening to your show last weekend, and I heard you talking about some kind of like contact paper, but you put it on your like your kitchen wall, and you can put tile on it for a backsplash. Yeah, that's a product called Bondera Tile Mat Set. Kind of a long name, but basically it's a two-sided adhesive sticky material that if you want to do a backsplash or for that matter a countertop, you pull off the uh, backing on one side of it, press it against the wall in your case for the backsplash. Then you can stick the tiles right to the other side of it. Pull off the backing on the other side and you stick the tiles right on. And then you can pretty much grout immediately thereafter. So you don't have to wait for glue to dry or even mix up glue or or, or, or get a, a tile glue that can kind of get all over the place. It's all on the mat. So you cut it to fit, put it on the wall, pull off the back, uh, and then go ahead and uh, glue the tile right to it. I would caution you, though, that I, I would not recommend you put this right on drywall because it's going to be a permanent. <laughs> You're never going to get it off. And if you ever want to replace it, you have to cut the wall out because it'll just pull the paper right off. And what you could do is just put a thin sheet of uh, Lawan plywood on the wall first and then put the tile right on that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Well, as many in this audience has heard me say before, I live in an old house. I mean, a very old house. And because it's old, it was never very well insulated. Now, we've changed most of that over the years, except for the floor. And for that, I turned to a new product from Owens Corning. It's called Thermofiber Fire and Sound Guard Plus. Now, here's why. 
this new product has several very unique qualities, which made it a great choice for really any insulation project. First, it is a very good insulator. It's made our home a lot more comfortable. But aside from that, and as the name implies, Thermofiber Fire and Soundguard Plus helps protect our home from fire and it helps soundproof the floors, the walls, or the ceiling wherever it's installed. Now, the other thing that we like about this is that it's easy to cut and then fit around pipes and wiring. It's flexible, so really all you need to do is just squeeze and then insert those bats, and they'll naturally expand to fill that space for a secure custom fit. It's really a good choice for residential and light commercial interior and external walls, ceilings, basements, crawl spaces, and it will even help control moisture and prevent mold. Thermofiber Fire and Sound Guard Plus is available at Home Depot or Lowe's, or you can visit owenscorning.com to learn more. Bob in Rhode Island's on the line is having some mystery electrical issues at their house. What's going on? I gutted the whole house out and uh, rewired. I had an electrician come in and rewire the whole house. And he finished up, and I'm putting the plug covers on, and I plugged something in, and I, it didn't work. So I plugged another plug. It didn't work. I went to another one. It didn't work. So I called him back. He came over, and he... He said, there must be a plug buried somewhere. There's got to be an outlet buried on, underneath a new plaster. My question is, how can I find it? <laughs> so this guy did all this wiring work, and he did, he missed the fact that he put in a whole bunch of outlets that had no power? Yeah, can you imagine him to test, test the power when he was no, done? No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This guy did not do his job, and he should be able to, to, to track this down for you. Oh, yeah. He wanted, he started tracking it, but he wanted to be paid for tracking it. So he Wait. wanted to be paid for missing <laughs> Pay me more for my mistake. Yeah. yeah, he wanted more money. Then you paid him for the rest of the work already. I, oh, yeah, absolutely. I paid him for everything. No. Well, it's not right. I mean, it's going to be difficult for you to track this down without specialized tools, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's, it's kind of a matter of just taking each circuit and starting at the panel and then following the wires up to see where they go and trying to figure out where the disconnect is. Yeah, I think it's a little more complicated than that because as I looked when he was explaining to me how he wired, I, I think it's pretty odd. He wired like a T, come up with the live, and he went from one box and then went left and then also went right from the same power sort. I mean, that's kind of weird. I would, even being an amateur, I would do that. Yeah. You might want to try tracking it from the sockets back. You may have better luck trying to figure out where the disconnect is. It sounds like he didn't hook something up, though. If he rewired these outlets and didn't figure out that they weren't hot to begin with, that's a real problem. Well, no, he, no, we, he didn't rewire. We uh, rewired the whole house. We didn't. I took out all the wire in the house. You took all the wire in the house out. Oh, yeah, he started from scratch. He has, it's all brand new wire. Well, how is it possible he missed this? I don't, that's what I'm not getting. Neither so am I. So when he went in to do the wiring, were the walls open? Did you pull the drywall out, or what was oh, the case? Oh, yeah, yeah, got it. I totally, totally ripped everything up. Picture, yeah. just imagine an mm -hmm. old house without any wow. wood or So this plastic. guy goes in, he wires the whole house, you put the drywall in, he comes back in to hook everything up, and he's got a bunch of outlets that have no power. This is his problem, okay? Yeah, so you shouldn't this be is his problem. Twice. You shouldn't be paying him twice. He screwed this up, and he needs to come back and fix it. Or you can have to sue him, or file a complaint against his license. Or all this of the is above. His, his problem. This guy is incompetent, and you, you shouldn't be paying him to fix his blunders. You paid him to wire the whole house. He obviously blew it. And an electrician is the last one you want doing like shortcuts and not great work. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was shocked when he expected to be paid the day he spent. Troubleshooting it, and he and he spent a day's troubleshooting. He still hasn't figured it out. Correct. He he asked you know he had his hands out. I said, "What are you? What are you kidding me? I got to pay you for not 
doing it, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's your option. Now, if you don't want him to come back, then the other thing you could do is hire a different electrician, but then you're going to have to go after him for the cost. Right, yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry that happened to you, but that's what that's where you're at, okay? All right. Thank you. Barbara in Ohio is on the line and is dealing with something that's on the floor. Is it something we need to get up? What is it? Well, I have a brick floor in my kitchen and dining room. That's unusual. Uh, well, I, I kind of like it. It's, it was a farmhouse, and uh, when we moved in, it had, like, I would say 10 layers of wax on it. So I've slowly tried to get it off. I've used ammonia, let it soak, scrubbed it. I've got about half of it done now. But everyone's telling me, you know, replace it, and I don't really want to because it kind of adds to the uh, structure of the house, that kind of thing. But, but uh-huh. my question is, I've got some of it cleared of the wax. I'm using ammonia. I don't know if there's another product that I can get because it really is a lot of wax. I don't want to have like particles in the seal, so I have to scrub the floor again and get it all clean. How long do I have to leave it dry before I reseal it because I don't want it to have wet bubbles in it? I just don't know what I'm doing, I guess. <laughs> well, we we uh, we feel your pain. You know, you probably should be using a wax removing product or a wax stripping product. As, as opposed to the, the bleach and the ammonia, which just sounds like an awful mess. And that's going to do what it can do. And uh, there's actually a good article online um, about brick floors and how to pull the, the wax off of them. But brick is very, very porous. And right. because it's very porous, when you do wash it, if you let it dry for a few days, I don't think you're going to have any issues with it uh, forcing a new finish to kind of release. But see, the whole thing is I have to move everything out of my kitchen dining room. So I was—I didn't know if I had to wait a day, two days. So you're suggesting three days then? Yeah, I would definitely wait a couple of days. You can still use the floor, you know, while that time is going on. You don't have to move it all out. But I would definitely wait two or three days before I put my next layer of finish on it. What do you recommend as a finish? I probably would try to keep it as natural as possible. If you use a solvent-based wax... That is another option because if you did that, you wouldn't have to strip the floor. The solvent-based polish can actually be applied over an old wax because it'll sort of give it good adhesion and it'll stick to it. So you're probably going to end up with a new wax finish. So if that's the case, you you may not need to remove as much of that old as you thought you did if, you, if the new wax is solvent-based. It looks like it's black. I they bet. put this on and never cleaned it. No matter what you do, this floor is going to be a lot of work. Okay. Okay. Because oh, it's truly. a brick floor, it's just going to use a lot, a lot of work. And if you don't get the old wax off, the new one you put on is going to lock in that color. Yeah, that's right. That's another good point. Yeah, I think I need to take it off. I've got about half of it done. I just thought when I was listening to your show, I thought, well, maybe we might have a better idea because you're right. It is a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing the hard work won't fix. Thank you so much. Well, if you haven't already, pretty soon you'll be turning up that thermostat to get warm. But did you know that every two degrees you lower your thermostat in the winter could save you 10% off of your energy bills? So to supplement heat in the rooms that you're using most often, you might want to consider a portable heater. Now, I am totally loving this because I have one room in my house that's always cold and can benefit from this product. It's an electronic infrared zone heater. Now, this type of heater is a supplemental heater. It uses infrared heating to warm any area of your home, and you can turn down the furnace and stay warm and save money because you're only heating the space that you're in. Now, if you're thinking about picking one of these up, you need to understand how these infrared heaters work. 
Basically, an infrared heater heats the object in a defined space and not the air like central heating systems would. Now, it's like the difference between being directly in the sunlight versus sitting in the shade. We feel warm in the sun because the light is hitting our clothes and our skin and it keeps us warm. So with that in mind, make sure you're choosing the right size heater for your space. Now, portable infrared heaters come in models that can handle about 300 square feet up to 1,000 square feet. And a lot of models have a programmable thermostat to start the heater just before you get home. Uh, and your favorite chair this way will be nice and warm for you to plop into. So buy one that's just big enough. But don't go too big or you'll definitely be wasting energy. Now, I've got Scott on the line who needs some help rearranging a door swing. What's going on? Uh, we just bought a new uh, place, and in our downstairs bathroom, uh, the door now swings in to the left. Um, but the problem is the light switch is then behind the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you got to walk in the bathroom, close the door in the dark, fumble fum with the light switch, and turn it on. Yes, that's pretty much it. So I'm just curious if there's a way to switch the handing of the door without... Replacing the whole casing and everything. Not easily. It's probably easier to run a new light switch on the other side than it is to change out the door, because you know the hole is is dr- is drilled where the hole is drilled, and if you were to change the hand, you'd, you'd basically have to uh, you'd have you'd have to put a new hole on the other side. I would think. Sure. Yeah, doors don't flip right and left too easily. You know. And, Unless you're talking about the door in your washing machine that's designed to do that, <laughs> you know, uh, an interior door doesn't doesn't turn very easily. And so I would suggest you just run a new uh, switch on the other side, and you could just put a blank out plate across the one that's there now. Because frankly, nobody's going to see it. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. We've got Frank in New Jersey writing in about some tricky wallpaper that really just doesn't want to stay on the walls. Let's see what he says. Frank writes, I have textured wallpaper with seams that are separating. I have tried every glue and seam repair product out there. I can't find anything to fix those seams, and I can't remove the paper without damaging the walls. Can you help? I think his paper is talking to him, saying it's got to go. Time to go. (laughs) But he makes a good point. We start to take this off and stick into the walls. You really don't have a lot of options here. No, I mean, you're kind of stuck. I would have recommended, you know, wallpaper seam repair, uh, using wallpaper paste, using a paper glue meant for wallpaper just to fix those seams, but they don't seem to be working. So I think, Frank, you know, sadly, especially because your paper is textured, it's going to have to come down, and that it's going to require some work, and then it's going to require some repair work on the backside. So generally, you're going to start with something called like a paper tiger, and that's just sort of perforating the front layer of the wallpaper so that when you use a wallpaper steamer, it can saturate through and get to the adhesive layer, and then that'll help you peel it off. So there's lots of ways to do that. It's going to take a lot of work. Then you're going to have to sort of prep that wall surface with a primer, let that sit, and then go for a low sheen paint to hide any of those things. Or you can re-wallpaper. Well, when temperatures drop rodents, we're talking mice, rats, and those kinds of creatures are going to make their way into your home for relief from the chill because they go inside too in the winter, guys. And But not to fear, Leslie has some tips to keep them from doing just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? 
Yeah, you know, it's not as easy as putting up a no vacancy sign, but you can make changes that will keep those mice and critters from moving in and then, you know, hopefully staying away from your house and finding a new place to go. So you need to know this, and it's totally crazy. Mice can squeeze through spaces that are smaller than a nickel. So you've got to seal any potential entrances to your home with sheet metal, steel wool, or cement. If you go with expandable foam, they're just going to gnaw right through it. So if you take that route, you can add some steel wool to the mix, which will make it so that they can't chew through it. Now, your dog and your cat, they're not the only animal that comes running at the smell of their pet food. I mean, whether it's wet or dry, the rodents love that scent too. So they're going to chew through heavy-duty food bags, plastic bins, you know, the thin ones, all of it. They're going to try to get in there to eat that food. So you should keep your pet's dry food in sealed metal canisters and then rinse out the food bowls before you head to bed every night. And you also want to make sure you give your kitchen counters and tables a nice wipe down each evening. You want to make sure that those discarded crumbs are not making a nice, lovely meal for an animal who's like, I'm going to come in and get all those tasty crumbles. And while it doesn't seem to help their IQ, critters love newspapers and magazines as much as we do. So get rid of those stacks of paper and cardboard that mice and rodents can turn into nesting sites. If you're looking for some more ways to keep your house critter-free, head to moneypit.com where we have solutions for all areas of your home inside and out. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, few things better to find in upstale kitchen like a commercial range. So we're going to share some tips on how to choose a pro-style range to boost your cooking powers and your resale value on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Hey!